morning, ladies and gents. What's good, people? It's Reg. It's Stone. And we are here at the indictment party. You know, we're hanging out here, chilling. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, a lot of names out there. You know, shouts to Kanye's manager. Shout to Giuliani, my personal favorite. You know what I'm saying? I'll see you. You know what I'm saying? I got money in your book, son. And, uh, you know, podcasts, pop music, but two black men, for some reason, supernaturally happy today. So. <laughs> Um, uh, the, the Kanye's tour manager part, you know, I, I, <laughs> you know, what's terrifying. Here's what's scary. So even forgetting about Kanye's turn years ago, finding out that a big major pop stars like manager was involved in some crazy, like governmental scandal shenanigans would be like on the cover of every magazine. But here's just like, yeah. <laughs> I, I, but she like straight up threatened the poll worker. <laughs> like, I, I wouldn't be surprised if she gets she's in jail for the longest. Like, what are you doing, fam? Like, <laughs> she's out here with that Leo Cohen. Like, yo, what, did, what do you think would happen? You know, a nice apartment it would be a shame if something happened to it. <laughs> like, like, why, why are we threatening poll workers for Trump? Right, like, Ooh. why are we not as black people for Obama? <laughs> <laughs> at, at least for Herman Cain, R.I.P. Like, <laughs> insane. Uh, but if if you couldn't guess from our intro, Registone, we're back. We're back to discuss music. I mean, let's get into it, bro. Yeah, let's go. Uh, yeah. All right. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> you go, you go. This is your article. As I, I, it feels like this is the, 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 the AI pod Piper podcast. So, uh, as, as we've seen as, as anybody who's been on the internet for any period of time, AI is the new hotness. We're all going to lose our jobs. It's going to be crazy stuff. And, uh, we've, me and some have covered it a couple of times before, but you know, Recently, there's been some AI-generated tracks where basically the vocals were pitch shifted. Sometimes, you, sometimes it was actually lyrics written. Sometimes it was kind of made ad hoc. Sometimes it was, you know, a beat thrown on there. But long story short, a couple of years, a couple of years, a couple of months ago, we had some podcasts, some 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 rewind. I'm assembling my words. We had some songs kind of go viral that by Drake, by Jay Z, that showed that while mid, there's future in the tech. Long story short. Yeah. So you know. As usual, we live in a capitalistic hellscape. So where there's an opportunity to make money, we're going to have to make money. So long story short, Google has been in talks with basically record labels to kind of officially kind of make it a thing where understandably so. I think the first one to kind of threw this out there was sadly enough Grimes. So I think when the apocalypse happens, it's going to be Grimes' fault. We need to definitely look deeper into the Elon Musk Grimes nexus because something mythical, magical and evil is happening there. But long story short, the deal is the fact of where, you know, as usual, a lot of these platforms are taking a hands-off policy to what gets uploaded onto them until they kind of get called on, out on it. So long story short, Google's basically trying to work a deal where if there's anything uploaded, created by AI, they recognize who quote unquote owns those, I guess, vague copyrights as far as voice, likeness, music is concerned and, and cut out checks. So basically we're, we're kind of getting close to a future where 
the hottest like Taylor Swift song isn't by Taylor. It's basically by like, you know, some AI bots some people hacking around. And ultimately I just imagine the future of where, you know, you just have this crowd crowdsourced mid music kind of going out there and making ways and making money for people, blocking people out from the creators. Yeah. I, I, I think I have two minds of thought on this. And, and I think specifically this is for um, musical deep fakes which is, you know, not just, you know, an AI Jay-Z, but, um, you know, one of my favorite musical dip, deep fakes is Patrick from SpongeBob singing Luther Vandross, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's actually freaking funny. I remember that one. Yes. Yeah, and, and it, and it kind of knocks, right? It kind of knocks, <laughs> you know, and, and I, I, I have two friends of mine, right? Like one, one friend of mine is, is it's, it's good that, I think labels are being proactive, right? And, and kind of creating a framework around this because I want the estate of Luther Vandross to get paid, right? If that track blows up, you know, um, and it becomes a TikTok hit and it's playing on the radio, like right now there's no framework to actually get like, you know, Luther Vandross compensated, right? My problem is I'm sure the terms of compensation do not favor the estate of Luther Vandross. <laughs> Agreed. And this is the fear, right? This is just like, you know, like when you think about like 360 deals and things like that, this is just like another thing that labels can monetize and screw over artists, right? So I think there's like, there's there's that side of it too, where, you know, I, I don't even know if artists really are, are having a say in some of this stuff. And again, it's really sad and I really wish that the Musicians Union... Um, just because, you know, that's one of the things that's really driving a lot of the strikes in the movie, uh, the you know, TV and film industry, right? Like It's like the use of AI, um, not only to write scripts, but also to like AI actors, you know, you can like, they'll take like a motion cap of you and they can use it for like all eternity, right? Like all those things. And I, I see that happening on the music side um, if we don't speak up and if we don't like, you know... Uh, I really kind of discuss like how music musicians and writers uh, can be adequately compensated, right? So, you know, I I think you know I'm glad that we're having these conversations, and I'm glad that people are being proactive, and I'm glad people are kind of saying like, okay, cool, this is like a freight train that's like you know that's gotten away. Like, I don't think we're going to put the AI genie back in the bottle. Um, but I just don't trust the music labels or Google to really lead these discussions in a way that's going to favor, favor the artists. Yeah. And ultimately what I fear is a case of where, and you've seen it also where not necessarily say that there's a lot of ingenuity involved, but there is a little bit, there's a little bit of like, Hey, creativity. And uh, I'm not going to say that, you know, what's going to suck is, all right, cool. If the artist can't get paid, that's fine. At least maybe give us some kind of little small kind of check to the guy who kind of thought of it. But it's the idea of where what's going to happen is going to be Google. It's going to be like, you know, the record label, and then that's it. Everybody kind of gets locked out and it kind of sucks. You know, ultimately what I hate about it is the idea of where, you know, it's, it's, it's just a, a case of where since money is involved, money exchanges from these big BMS that had nothing to do with any of it. Like, you know, they didn't create the beat. They didn't have the idea of the deep fake. They aren't the original creators of it. They aren't their voice. They aren't the mannerisms. And it's just kind of just ends up being a weird form of like, you know, consolidation of basically like corporate masters, which is kind of like, you know, kind of sucks. So, you know, 
Yeah, and I think what, what just really scares me is like they're so proactive about this. Like, like the, I don't, I've never seen the music industry so proactive around building contract, like you know, contracting around you know any part of the music business. You know, even with like MP3s, they're like ten years too late, right? Yeah. And what scares me is that they're so proactive. That just means that they know that this is a cash cow for them. You know. Yeah, no, it's it's. I, I hate to say it, it's it's it's. What sucks about it is the idea of where if it's all about content, you know, we we kind of hit a point of where, you know, years ago we'd go on the internet, we'd make our MySpace pages, we make a Geocity site, you know, we might post our pictures on Photo Bucket. We're doing all these things and you know, creating quote unquote content. We're creating and sharing content. And at a certain point, it became a weird thing where you had like these mega corporations. You know, at the end of the day. You know, what is Twitter but us typing our thoughts? You know, obviously Twitter can give us a cut, but the reason why I was bought for $44 billion is that it's worth there. And what I hate about it is the idea of where, you know, we've kind of monetized everything. And while I think earlier on we would have a discussion about, hey, artistic integrity, hey, about, you know, taking your likeness, what about this, what about that? We've kind of fallen to the final category, which is just about greed and money. And what I hate about it is, at the end of the day, is the fact of where, you know, what does Google bring to the table but, like, cloud hard drive space? You know what I'm saying? And it's like, what does the record label bring to the table but some guy signed a deal, you know, 50 years ago, you know, and he's dead now. And it's just the idea of where none of it is actually meaningful. It's just kind of content. And trust me, I, I too have laughed at fucking, you know, the Luther Vandross song. And there's comedy there. But the, the, the thing at the end of the day is like, you know, it's, it's not really... What sucks is, as usual, anything that's somewhat fun is just going to end up being content and money. So I yeah. guess, you know, hopefully, hopefully it falls apart. But like he pointed out, everybody's so gung-ho that it might be the future. Yeah. Yeah. All right, and so uh, let's talk about you, Made in America. Made in America, yeah, let's do it. We'll, uh, we'll lead into uh, or, or not Made in America. No, no, it's the same thing. It's it's uh, <laughs> we're making it in China this year, apparently, because uh, no, no. the festival's been canceled. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Um, I don't know. Um, I'll start off. Uh, long story short. There's an artist, a young independent artist that nobody's ever heard of called Lizzo. <laughs> um, this young independent artist recently got called out for apparently being not so, you know, long story short, I'm kind of joking, but let's take it seriously. Um, Lizzo, somebody who's established act, me and Stone, we've talked about Lizzo before for years. years. She's somebody, if you were paying attention to the, to, the, to the indie scene, she's always working really hard. She's somebody who is and I'm not even talking about necessarily her often advertised weight or her looks. She was definitely always an alternative type of artist. She's somebody where she was making kind of R&B, but more for an indie rock crowd. She was somebody who would kind of do a flute solo. There was something that was definitely quirky about what she was doing for a very long time. But props to her. She worked hard. She was working those pitchfork stages when it was like 200 people in, 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 the, in total in the fucking venue. And made it to be this big superstar. She's made it off empowerment anthems. She made it off really good pop songs. She's just a really solid pop artist. 
So a couple of weeks ago, basically some of her dancers sued and basically said she ran a toxic work environment. They said basically she was mean. There was some hazing involved. So I'm not necessarily sexual harassment, but putting them into situations where it felt like they had to kind of partake in things that would be, I guess, would, I, I mean, I guess sexual based hazing. I don't know what you would call that. Yeah. But basically put them in positions to kind of feel really uncomfortable and basically at the end of the day fired them. So this kind of came out. Obviously it was a big scandal. I would say threefold. One, because obviously she's a big pop star. Two, because it kind of flies in direct in the direct face of a brand. She's somebody who's cultivated an idea of being, you know, inclusiveness and being open to sexuality and being fair and being a good person. Obviously, that's not it. And to be honest, we have to point out the last thing. Because of who she is, the way she looks, what she does, there's always a Chud Army out to take her down. You know, at the end of the day, there's always been a certain kind of specter following Lizzo because she's a big black woman speaking about empowerment for big black women. And that was always a problem for a large amount of society because society hates black women. So that's always been a kind of an issue. So it's not surprising that this kind of lit fire and took flames. So, you know, there's been controversies. We don't know. She denied it. It's something that'll unfold in the coming months. So we'll see. But that said, coming off that announcement, Eerily timed, particularly considering it's happening relatively soon, the Made in America Festival, which is going to be held down and headlined by Lizzo, is no bueno. Yeah. And, and you know, I, I think there's a lot of speculation. Uh, you know, that festival is supposed to happen basically in two weeks, Labor Day weekend. And yeah. they canceled it. They said the situations beyond their control. And that's all they said, which is is a huge bummer. Um, a lot of people are saying it's kind of Lizzo, but I don't think so, right? Like, I feel like they could easily slide in, like, Ice Spice or, you know, Cardi B or, you know, like, whoever. Um, so I, I feel like, I don't know if I feel like that's, like, the reason. Um, somebody said that it might have been low ticket sales, which is pretty interesting as well. But, like, it's I feel... for that. Yeah, it's too late for that. Yeah. There's like you know, Ruth's picnic is also in Philly, and you know that was a that was a good time. Um, you know, so I I don't exactly know what it is, but it's also like something too where it, it seemed like until today Lizzo was still going to headline, um, and it could have been like a really interesting like Lizzo kind of not like comeback, but she could have like you know got out there and kind of. You know, she refutes the allegations. You know, I was reading some stuff that was kind of saying, like, maybe, like, Lizzo, like, and her manager were, you know, trying to say, hey, we noticed your weight gain because you're depressed. Like, take some time off. I don't know if that's true or not, but I'm just, like, throwing it out there. Um, so if Lizzo wants oh, to prove herself. <laughs> Lizzo Toothers out there. <laughs> deep in the message boards. You know, but, like, if, if Lizzo... Uh, wanted to prove, you know, kind of like, you know, I don't know, redeem herself. This could have been a good opportunity. Um, but we won't get that. Yeah, but like the Made in America cancellation, I think is really funny. Um, I'm kind of curious, like, what it is. Like, I was on the Philly f- subreddit and people were kind of like, well, maybe it's something with the city because, like, they lease the land from the city to do the concert. Maybe it's like, you know, something there. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know. Like, uh, there's going to be a bunch of uh, <laughs> sad Lizzo fans in Philly <laughs> that weekend. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 
you know, it's an interesting show because I've gone it, and here's the thing. As far as the organizers are concerned, it was always really well run. I never had any issues with it, with one small caveat, a terrible-ass crowd. That crowd was literally average age felt like 19. It was just Bud Lights on the floor everywhere. It was just kids throwing up. So I could definitely see a situation of where maybe... Who knows? Maybe the city was a little sketchy on the things. Maybe they didn't dot all the P's and Q's. Not to say that it was a dangerous, quote unquote, festival, but it was definitely something where it's like, all right, it's definitely something where I could see why they would have issues. Like, I've definitely seen that park trash the fuck out. So I could definitely see why there might be other logistical issues that might necessarily be, you know, there. Yeah, yeah, but I, you know, I remember like it was like a year when like Made in America didn't come to Philly, and like the mayor was like begging him to come back, or like maybe it was COVID or something where like the economic impact was like tenfold and blah blah blah. So you know, it might just be some interpersonal shit. I, I'm I'm very curious to to kind of see like somebody has to know. Like I need to get you know my my industry people on the line. Like somebody has a team. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then what else? Oh, somebody went to go see the reigning twerk person now. You know, oh, yeah, now yeah, that yeah. Lizzo's gone. I, you yeah, know. I, yeah I, I forgot to say. So, you know, now that Lizzo is canceled, uh, Big Frida should take her place. Uh, we need <laughs> a twerking black woman in America to, to maintain the peace. And I, I saw Lizzo. I mean, I'm sorry. I saw Big Frida at Newport Jazz Festival. Big Frida at a jazz festival. And it was lit. Which in, in itself is an insane sentence, by the way. But just I, by itself. I, it, 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 I, I will say this. Big Frida has played, like, she opens for a lot of, like, I would say alternative bands and shit like that. Like, I guess she's not scared to go into those venues. But it, it was the most, like, entertaining like hour of my life right like you have like your you know your your yacht club members out here twerking there's a 95 year old like white like white lady in the front row just like throwing her (laughs) hands up and shit like i i i'm like you know big freedom for president and again like there's a void now with lizzo and i you know i i feel like big freedom should, should fill that void Big Frida's been doing this shit longer than Lizzo. Like, you know, Big Frida deserves her flowers. And this is the right time. I I just, I remember there's this, like, I just saw, there's two things I saw. And one thing I saw, uh, this dude who looked like Bill Gates from the 80s. And he, like, grabs onto a gate and starts twerking. Wow. Pencil thin. Like he was just wow. like he was like twerk 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 twerk, and like he like felt the spirit, he, <laughs> he felt it, and I'm like wow. And then I saw like this one guy, and we'll talk about people throwing stuff on stage. We saw like one guy, he was just like throwing like popcorn, nowhere. <laughs> He's just like I had this popcorn, I gotta throw it somewhere. I'm like ah, I'm gonna throw it over here, and he wasn't throwing it at anybody. <laughs> He wasn't throwing it on stage. He was just throwing it in a random corner behind the stage. But just like he was so excited. He was like so excited. He's like, ah, rage. <laughs> the twerk 
the, the twerk feelings flowing through you me. Know? The power. And I'm just, I, I, I'm ready for like, uh, you know, big free the presidency. You know, I'm ready for, <laughs> for, for all that. Um, and that's all I have to say. Like, like, again, like I saw like some of that behavior, at, like, like, like at a Lizzo show, but like, you know, again, Lizzo's canceled now. Big Frida, like, get your flowers. True. Let's go. I'm, I'm, I, I am, uh, it, honestly, going back, and here's a funny thing. You ready for this? They, had, they actually had similar trajectories. If you think about it, Big Frida was somebody where it felt like a lot of the indie blogs kind of discovered it first. And let me rephrase this. Obviously, she's a New Orleans staple, but it's the idea of where, where I was starting to see more national press. It was basically like, hey, look at this woman twerking. Isn't this kind of cute and kind of kitschy? And it's crazy where... She's built this career of this fucking fantastic performances. Yeah, like like you said, she's walked into every. She walks into I forget the saying, but I, I think it's a Nas line. But it's like every room she comes in, she destroys that mic. Yeah, like she's somebody where she could play a bar mitzvah, she could play a goddamn funeral, <laughs> and it'd be like lit as fuck. Yeah, like I I could definitely see her playing bar bar mitzvah, like like <laughs> dead ass, you know. So, um, but yeah, like, um, but yeah, like speaking of throwing strong stuff on stage, uh, this is an epidemic, man. Oh yeah, no, it's, it's like, so, like, yeah. <laughs> so I saw the BB Rexo one where the guy just threw it at her and basically like intentionally threw it at her and said they thought it would be funny, but then it's been like Harry Styles and I, uh, so I'm gonna get on my old man on the clouds. I remember I was, I, I was at a watering hole in a very cool New York City talking to a bartender who, you know, women of a certain age who's been bartending a while. And she was basically complaining about saying how it felt like from her perspective, a lot of the young kids don't know how to behave. Like yeah. Particularly like the kids who are like, you know, 21, 22, 23, where adulthood hit right when pandemic and they aren't really socialized yet. And I don't want to be too old man in the cloud, but once she said that to me, I started thinking, and I don't necessarily say I agree with her, but I have seen some interesting behavior. And here's the thing, right? I don't think anybody's surprised at bad concert behavior. People do drinks, people throw X, Y, Z. But I, I do think throwing $1,000 phones at people, hoping for a selfie, I think throwing a phone at a performer's head because you think it's funny, I think there's a new level of this. I mean, generally, I come from the hip-hop, like, punks, metal school of performing, where if that happens, you're going to get fucked up. <laughs> yeah. Straight up, like, either the performer, either the audience, either the bouncer, even the venue. And I think it's a little unfortunate only because, again, we're in a weird space where a lot of, like, you know, a lot of activities that used to be easier for people to kind of go to that the, the money barrier wasn't so high is extremely high. So it's weird to kind of watch these people privileged to go see our Harry styles privileged to go, you know, spend $500 for tickets, be up front and kind of generally misbehave. It's something that's disheartening. It kind of reminds me a lot of how like the NBA players get disrespected and things like that, where, you know, they feel like they're the main person of the show when it is a audience member and it fucking sucks. At the end of the day, it's just like, I kind of get it, but it's it's just kind of plain, like, fucked up. And I think Steve Lacey had an interesting comment where he's basically like, yo, you know, he he basically said, it's, it's young kids, so we're going to have to get used to it. So I'm not going to say he was necessarily glowing about it, but he had a much more pragmatic view of it. But I don't know. I think it just fucking sucks, personally. 
Yeah, it's 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 weird. Like um, you know, like the the BB Rexar one is like really interesting where it, it felt like cuz I guess like Drake like somebody threw something on a phone on stage and I guess it was like a phone like threw the phone to kind of say like, you know, hey Drake, like, you know, take my picture of the phone. But Drake is like dude like this is a he literally was like you know this is a thousand dollar phone like what are you doing like what are you really doing <laughs> you have your contacts on here you have like your whole life on here like what you know and, and you know like the uh pink had like ashes thrown at her like somebody like Oof. you know threw their late mother's ashes on stage Oof. uh bb rexer got like the phone but like torpedoed at her um like harry styles like you know billy alish like it's truly crazy. It's like I, I and like again, like going back to the guy who was just like throwing the popcorn somewhere. Like I, I, I don't know if it's just like you're so caught up with emotion and you don't know how to process these emotions, so you have to throw something <laughs> like, like like animals, like like, <laughs> In the, like, we're, like regress back to primates. <laughs> yeah, it's just like I, I and, and again, like look. If I'm at a concert at like Barclays, I'm in the nosebleed, so I'm not throwing shit. <laughs> you make a good point. It's like these are not wow. cheap seats, yeah. right? These are not cheap seats, and these are like performer. You know, it's not like going to, I don't know, like Music Hall of Williamsburg or something like that, where you're like right next to the stage, right? Like, like, like these are are larger venues, and you're having this 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 behavior, and it's just like really weird. Like, I don't know how you police it you know obviously you can take away people's phones and if you, you know like comedy shows do like like dave Chappelle and like stuff like that when i saw um like fuji's they had us take like you know like uh they took took my phone but they didn't take my watch um <laughs> throw that um but i don't know i don't know what to do like i don't know if it's just like people just need to be used to getting out being outside again or what but it's like a really fascinating thing that's happening um, and that's just like, there's no explanation. I really wish they would just like interview all these people and say like, dude, what motivated you? Like, really? And I guess like they interviewed yeah. the one guy. He's like, oh, I thought it'd be cool. And I'm like, yeah. but, 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 yeah, it's, but why? <laughs> yeah. What, why? Like, like it's, it's, I get, again, like I said, I get being in the moment, but there's a lot of things in the moment you're like, Hey, is it really worth throwing this a thousand dollar, some two thousand dollar phone at a high velocity on stage, possibly hitting somebody, possibly hurting somebody because it's the show is lit? I don't know. I I, I don't know. Oh. I don't know. Yes. Oh man, the clouds. That's why I'm, I'm sticking by it. Like, like, um, like why? Uh, well, I was like, why are you gonna throw your ashes on stage? Like, what do you what do you expect Pink to do? Like, yeah, it's, some, it's disrespectful. Some, some dude who gets paid below minimum wage is going to sweep it up after the show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, literally. And, and throw it in the garbage pile. Uh, well, here's a serious note. <sighs> we here at the Tory Lanez fan club are going through some tough times. I woke up this morning. My legs were less ashy. My hairline is growing back. I've lost some weight. My breath doesn't smell anymore. These these are things that the Tory Lanez fan club we hold dear to what we to how we roll, and unfortunately, our brother, taken down by Rock Nation, down, yeah. 
Conspiracy. Sentenced to 10 years. Conspiracy. I just don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know. Like, I, I looked in my closet. My gear wasn't looking terrible. It always looks terrible. I woke up. Suddenly, like, clothes are fitting. You know, I thought this Tory Lane's fucking lifestyle was where I wanted to be. And I might have to come to the realization that I was just whack, Stone. I was just whack. <laughs> so I, I know that, you know, you Tory Lane's fans out there, I know you're suffering. Means don't feel for you. We feel your pain. We feel bad. We hope you get through it. We hope that you wake up today, you know, 35, 36 years old in the basement of your parents' house. You do that stretch. You know, you put that PlayStation 4 controller down because you know you can't afford a 5. And you go out there and get some fresh air and realize that, you know, we got to move on. We got to grow up. We got to, you know, get a job, get life, get goals. You know what I'm saying? And move on from that lifestyle. So my heart's sad, but I know you guys will make it. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's funny, too, just because I was on Reddit, which is <laughs> a problem. Um, and, you know, people were kind of debating, like, shit, Tori, you've gotten, like, 10 years. Is that too much? Um I mean, you know, possibly, right? It's, it's not because he, he didn't catch a plea. If idiot boy caught a plea, came straight, it would have been a couple of years. Yeah, and I think that's the problem. Like, like the fact that he denied it. Um, there's like witness tampering. Um, you know, he still is adamant to this day, like you know uh, uh, about it. Um, no remorse. And yeah, he, he, you know, he, he's not like, you know, a huge rap star, but you know, I think he, I'm so could have got off, but I think he just continued to double down and, and, you know, I, it, at the risk of his career. Right. And, you know, you know, let's not forget, he's not an American citizen. So, you know, after his 10 years is up, he's probably going to get deported and it would be interesting to kind of see if he's able to perform in America again, where like he makes the bulk of his money, right? So, um, yeah, it's just like a terrible decisions all around for for Mr. Lanes, you know, just 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 terrible, terrible decisions, and you know, like nobody was there to kind of say like, hey, dude, just shut up, admit it, say you shot her in the foot. Like, take the plea, take the, you know, like, the, like, whatever, do the community service and, and get on with your life and you'll be okay. Like, there's rappers who have shot people <laughs> who still have their careers. Uh, yeah, you know. Bruh, so, come on. <laughs> like, you know, he could whipped, maybe he goes to jail for like a year or two, drops the mixtape, blah, blah, blah. Like, he would have been okay, but it's literally just kind of like, you know, and keeping it real goes wrong. Yeah, no, keeping it, you nailed it 100%. Keeping it real goes wrong. I mean, let's remember that to a certain extent she was covering for him. Let's remember that nobody knew anything until he started hinting at conspiracy theories himself 
preemptively defending himself. It's it's there's so many things here that went wrong, and I think somebody posted it up like like on Twitter or something, where it's basically like you forget he was having a banner year, like maybe not yeah. musically. Oh yeah, but demon time, you know, you he, he was getting written up for this. He was he, during the pandemic, he was glowing up, and he had somebody like Megan under his arm in some kind of capacity. So it was just like, look, I am not going to be like a normal person gets drunk and starts shooting at the girl they're dating. But I will say that he definitely had some cultural cachet there. And we see it, unfortunately, because of his defense force that he could have <laughs> mitigated this, apologized, said, my bad, I was drunk, came clean. You know, the way Iggy Zillia was writing for her, maybe Megan would have wrote for him. Who knows? But ideally, there were, there were paths here where, going back to your main point, there's been a lot of shootings <laughs> in general <laughs> with hood dudes who are hip hop affiliated and you know, they aren't doing like that deep a bit. And I think at the end of the day, it's just like, again, keeping it real goes wrong. If you just acted contrite, if he wasn't concerned about protecting his image, it became straight through. He's an R and B dude too. So it's like, it's not even like he's some tough guy person that we expected from him. He was just a funny dude who had some, clubs hits who like had strippers on his Instagram. Like it's not anything that special. He's somebody where he was in a position to kind of get out of this. I won't say clean, but, uh, but effectively being able to atone for it, have a career and be able to perform. And he threw it all away. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Sad. And, uh, that's it on that. And, uh, we had a lot of new music listed here, but we've decided to cut it down. To the most controversial artist. Okay, sadly there is some some there is some truth to it, but basically uh, the Travis Scott wars. <laughs> Long story short, on a fabled Friday, this album dropped, Utopia, and he had to choose sides. He had to choose a side of where hey, Travis Scott, he's doing it, he's murdering it. I like him. You had to choose the other side of like, hey, maybe this is not a, a, a good thing. Maybe it's a little bit falling off. You know, he'll have his haters. Oh, oh, all true Travis Scott fans like I, you know, Owl Gang. What's his Hooters? What would, what would, what would his fan base be? <laughs> <laughs> all us Hooters who are true Travis Scott fans know that he would never do anything wrong. So we were, we were anticipating this record. Us Hooters were there at midnight, ready to listen. And what we have is very a divisive album. And to be honest with you, I kind of like albums like this because it's always good conversation. And, you know, I, I'll, I'll start it off. Uh, I thought he fell the fuck off. And I think that here, I think so. Andy Warhol. Andy Warhol. <laughs> okay. I'm pretty so. I, I am not drunk off wine, cheap wine that I'm drinking off an empty stomach. Absolutely not. <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> So long story short, we have an idea of where artists are kind of like, you know, these deranged geniuses in a basement with paints, with music, with instruments, with other musicians who are sculpture, who are doing these crazy things and yada, yada, yada. I will say as we kind of move into a place of consumerism and pop culture, the idea of curating art has become, I won't say necessarily respected, but an idea, right? So sometimes it's not about the person who's actually doing the work. It's about the guy who has a plan. So obviously... Warhol became as a critically acclaimed artist himself very early on, but he was able to kind of find a lane of where critiquing American consumerism and pop art, it almost became an idea of curation. You know, he curated the Velvet Underground. You know, he, he helped 
Foscat form his fucking artistic imagery. You know, he's somebody who would take advertisements and make new art out of it. So I am not going to say that there isn't artistic value in curation. As a result and as an extension, I will say I like Travis Scott. Did I respect him as a rapper? No. Did I respect him as a producer? Not really. But did I respect him as an artist? Yeah, I liked a lot of his mixtapes. He's somebody where he knew how to make a song work, I think, at the end of the day. As a result, even though I'm not the hugest fan, I kind of kept track an idea of what his, you know, basically his career trajectory. I do think Astroworld was, was a fantastic album. I think Sickle Mode is, a, is an all-time classic single. I like a lot of the work they're done. It was, it was imaginative. It was a lot of crazy things happening. I thought it was a very solid piece of work, you know. Obviously, since then, he's had some, I mean, I can't say necessarily him, but let's just say tragedy happened where at one of his shows, a lot of people died. It was a stampede. You know, there's a lot of litigation still up in the air about it. It's, it's, it's basically become a, a stain on his, on, his, on his legacy. On top of that, he also had his own issues where his own interpersonal relationships became tabloid fodder. He's somebody who's had a very interesting couple of years. And I think that that's my problem. At the end of the day, this very much feels like an Astroworld rehash, except not as good. And it's a weird thing to kind of say because, you know, generally the whole thing goes, it's like, you know, an artist's first album is great because they've had all their lives to write it. The second album gets more tougher because, you know, you haven't lived the experiences. All you know is tour. So you're just drawing in from a couple of years. There's a very easy argument to say that Travis Scott has aged 10 years in like the past like four, more so than any of us in the pandemic. So I wanted to hear an album that kind of confronted that and I did not get it here. Yeah, <laughs> I it, it's really interesting to hear people talk about this album because I I feel like I don't know where people are. I don't know, like like I don't go to Travis Scott for deep introspection. <laughs> was, Very true, you know. Like I I I was not expecting a four 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 Mr. Morale or like something like that, right? And. and I, I could see like why there's an expectation, right? Like like he was, you know, at a show that, you know, people died at. And I think that's a tragedy. And I, and I think that, you know, I, you know, whether he's responsible or not, you know, a lot of it was pegged on him. Like that was his name. That was his festival. That was his hometown. Um, you know, and, and I, I think you will always kind of be associated with that. Um, I, I guess people were expecting like maybe some reference to that or like some like really solemn or like reflective track or a sense of repentance. And I think you kind of just got standard Travis Scott, right? Um, Agreed. And I, I, I think for me, it's like I I kind of separate my separate myself from that. Um, you know, is it? I always say Rodeo is my favorite Travis Scott album. Um, I think Astro World is really Same. good. Yeah, like uh, you know, Birds in the Trap I really like, and, and this is probably on the level of Birds in the Trap. Uh, Sing McKnight in terms of just like, eh, will I get back to it? You know, maybe. Having that said, I think the first 10 tracks in this album are really good and really unique and like have a really interesting production perspective. Um, yes, Travis Scott is probably the worst part of the tracks. 
<laughs> Agreed. But I, I, I thought from a Sonic level, you know, I, I was really impressed with the, with the production. I did feel like at 19 tracks is a little bit too long. They probably could have cut some tracks, but, um, you know, I, you know, it's definitely, you know, somebody call it like a budget eases, <laughs> <laughs> which is kind of true. But I, I feel like Travis kind of took that aesthetic and that sound and kind of made it his own. Um, you know, I like the Beyonce track. I think that's like one of my favorite tracks. Um, uh, was it like, uh, was it, yeah, like God's Country? Like, I, there's a lot of good tracks there. Um, I, I will say, you know, obviously there's no sicko mode, right? There's not like any like large radio single. Um, you know, I guess like K pop was trying to be one, but there's nothing that's just kind of like I, I want to go back to, but as an album. I thought it was fairly solid. Um, I, I thought that, you know, Travis has a sound and a vibe that he's he's mined over the past few years is really unique. And he's kind of went back to that well and kind of was, was able to kind of pull this out. Um, you know, but I, yeah, I, 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 I wouldn't rank it like a two out of 10, you know, um, just because I don't like Travis Scott. Like, you know, and I think that's kind of what people are like. I feel like that bias is seeping into a lot of people's uh, reviews of this. Yeah, I think I, I I see your point, actually. I do agree that it's not a terrible album. It's definitely comparable to Birds in the Trap and some of the other good but not but kind of not memorable albums from Travis Scott. I think it's just a fact of where, you know, he out of nowhere, he had a big statement album. Right. So, so Astroworld was great. We could all admit to that. And I think that generally, and maybe again, it's, it's pre-built-in expectation. Usually you expect a big statement from an artist after something's, particularly after a big album that already happened on top of what he's faced. And I think it's the fact of where it, it's end up being, like you said, it's just regular Travis Scott. Yeah. Um, I think my big issue here is the, I don't know how to describe it to you. Even though obviously Sickle Mode is a lot about Drake's verse and things like that, it still felt like Travis got kind of like almost, I don't know how to describe it to you. So actually I have it. So it feels like Travis Scott is the perfect form of DJ Khaled, like the, the, these two records. So it was like Asher world was heavy with guest appearances. You had Tim Impala, you had Drake, it was well curated. And while obviously unlike DJ Khaled, he's an artist, everybody was able to show up, contribute and make a, a song that shines. This record also has that same kind of aesthetic where like the James Blake song, I like it better than his current single. Like it's really good stuff. Yeah. But the problem is at the same time, like what's his identity? It felt like an Astroworld. And maybe because I remember at that time he was like, oh, this is a tribute to Houston, even though you really couldn't tell it was a tribute for Houston. I didn't really see like exactly what was like his reference. But you could see that there was a certain level of love and energy poured into it where even though he may not have been the standout performer in that record, you saw his fingerprints. Yeah. This one, if we're bringing up Yeezus, and yes, I know, the counter argument is that, well, he helped with the production, Yeezus, yada, yada, yada. It, again, the fact of what we think of that is not a good thing. Not because, again, you could rightfully say that he was responsible for some of those soundscapes, but the idea of we're referencing a 10-year-old album that's not even his. So it was just like, you see these little signifiers of like the drum beats from like Black Skinhead and things like that. And it just feels lazy as opposed to an homage. If you had a Travis Scott Yeezus, like with the same kind of energy, 
even if the performances weren't that good, but that same kind of like fuck you vibe, which is what I would love to hear after he's had, it'd be different. But what we get kind of is it's like, all right, cool. You know, load up the fucking Ableton, load up the fucking Fruity Loops, load up the fucking Logic. Hey, this Jesus stuff is really good. We sat on it for a while. Let's bring it back. Let's knock out these tracks. There's nothing really like, all right. Like, again, it's, it's the idea of where we kind of fall back into the idea of where he's just curating vibes, but not really putting his fingerprints. There's no Travis Scott here. It's just Ed Friends. Yeah. I mean, I, I would say, like, there, there's some standout tracks to me. Like, Modern Jam, I think, um, is a pretty standout track to me. Although, it's, it's really funny. It's not even like a Yeezus template. It's like, I, I listen to Yeezus two more. <laughs> and apparently use tumor is not available so i'm gonna hire Tizo touchdown to sound like use tumor <laughs> you know um like i yeah like uh uh the beyonce track is really good i mean the drake track is like a standard like you know drake track but drake kind of brings like that standard you know whatever i like it yeah yeah like god's country i thought was really good like i like i yeah, I, I think it's probably a little bit better than people are getting credit for. But yeah, you know, you're right. Like, like it's definitely a little one note um, by the middle of the album. I definitely was kind of like getting a little bit bored. And like you see the, the, the amount of features keep increasing and increasing as you get into it. Um, so I think it's fair criticism. You know, like I said, I, I don't think this will be my favorite Travis Scott album um, by any means. But but yeah, you know, I... I I, I, I feel like it's a little bit better than what people are giving it credit for. Yeah, no, I, I definitely see the issue of, like I said, it's a disappointment because it's high, expe- high expectation. But at the same time, I, I, I can't question about it. You know, it, he's got Beyonce on the record. Like, by, by, that, by the very nature of him having Beyonce as a guest, there's going to be a certain level of eyes looking at it, and I think he just didn't rise to the occasion. I wish... And again, like I said, I'm not going to say he sucks. I, will, I, will, I mean, he does suck, but I'm going to say this record sucks. But it's the idea of how I was hoping much more. And like, again, it, it is a little of a regression. Is it bad? No. If you're if you're one of the guys who are out there raging over a Travis Scott meal, you're going to be happy. If you're a big Travis Scott fan, you're going to be happy. It's just that the glow up, I, you know, this is a person who was raging at the Grammys because he didn't win a Grammy for Astroworld, which again, as someone who's kind of a Travis Scott hater, I could see why. Yeah. You know, I think it was the hard Cardi B he lost, but I could, I could understand why. There was a lot of effort put into the album. And I think that's the issue here. Astroworld felt like a lot of effort. This one has felt like a lot. <laughs> yeah. Little. I mean, I think that's fair. Like, like when you have like a seminal kind of piece in body of work, it's kind of hard to follow that up. And yeah, I, 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 like I said, like the last half of the album kind of felt like it was some B-sides there, to be honest. Um, it didn't feel as memorable, memorable to me. So, so I get that. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I <laughs> the sad thing is I don't want to go to a Travis Scott concert. Cause you know, you have the concert in Italy and like 60 people got like injured <sighs> So, uh, you know, we, we, we got to call up little B. Little B could only cure this curse. <laughs> <laughs> he needs to have a, a little B on, on the fucking stage, effigy and this light incense around it. And, you know, cleanse help, the room. Help us base God. Like, like, you know, <laughs> uh, so I, I will be like, I'll be listening from afar. Like, hopefully I don't get injured on the live stream. <laughs> <laughs> And on that note, we love y'all. Stay safe. 
stay woke in the black sense and uh, don't pressure electoral candidates that way you can stay as authoritarian, authoritarian god king forever and you won't go to jail shout out to Connie Dix management <laughs> peace peace